Steve, we got some good news. Guess what? We're getting paid to do the podcast? Oh, man. Uh, not not great news. I just said good news. Oh, okay. We, 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 we passed 1,000 followers. We have, what, I think 1,065, but we are in the elite of Twitter now. Wow. I mean, I, I thought it would take us until holidays at least. We haven't even gotten 10 podcasts in yet. Before Halloween, before all the holidays, we were passing all the records. Uh, I'm really happy. I'm really proud. And I want to say thank you to all of our followers and everyone that listens to us. I really, We really appreciate everything you guys do. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, now that we hit 1,000, you guys can feel free to unfollow us. Now, so. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of the 4th Best Podcast. This is Monty Rossetti. I'm here with Stephen Ualdi, as always. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All right, so we've had two nail-biting games, both of them finishing 2-1. to one. Those are uh, the two games uh, against Norwich and Swansea. Norwich was for the Carabao Cup, and Swansea was for the uh, Premier League. Uh, so let's go into the Swansea game, because we're going to focus a little more on these Premier League games. Going into the, the lineups, how did you feel, especially seeing that Ozil, Sanchez, and Lacassette were playing up front uh, for the second game in a row, they did very well against Everton. Uh, how did you feel coming into this game, seeing that trio up front? Yeah, I was really confident. Those guys played great against Everton. And, you know, I just want to see them have more time together and just continue to grow as an attacking trio. So coming into the game, I was pretty excited to see them. I uh, would have loved to see maybe Jack Wilshire in the lineup, but I think we all knew that that probably wasn't going to happen. But all in all, I was excited with the lineup. I thought it was a pretty obvious lineup, and I'm glad Wenger stuck with it. All right, so going from offense to defense, uh, Mustafi wasn't 100% ready for the game, at least in the eyes of Wenger. Uh, So we were excited about the offense. How did you feel about the defense going into this game? Yeah, I would have loved to see Mustafi. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously Wenger would know best as far as his shape. He sees him in practice. But I think uh, we bringing Mustafi back into the team. I think he can't really bring him in against Man City. That's just a really tough opponent to try to maybe work your way back into some shape. So I would have loved to see him get um, either a start or maybe, you know, come in for some mop-up duty at the end just to kind of like get into the Premier League flow of things. But um, all in all, I wasn't too disappointed with the way our defense lined up. It was the same defense that played against Everton. And, you know, they did okay. So... Let's just, we had a good thing going. Let's just keep it rolling. So, uh, coming into the game, I didn't have any worries. Well, any major worries outside of just the, the general lack of confidence. But, um, I think there wasn't anything to be totally worried about before the game, at least. <laughs> but once the game started, it was a different story. So, yeah, so the game started. It was uh, Arsenal. Actually, at the end of the game, you see the Arsenal dominated possession, 73% to 27%. That was mostly in the second half, though, that Arsenal was kind of figuring things out. In the first game, we started down 1-0. to zero. How did you think uh, the goal went about? What, what are your opinions? Uh, I know we had a little discussion before doing this show about it. So I want to hear, you know, I think everybody wants to hear, uh, what do you think about the build-up to that goal and, the, you know, the, the eventual outcome of them scoring and Swansea going 1-0? Yeah, it was a very Arsenal way to give up a goal. Uh, it doesn't, the play begins and it doesn't really look like much. Koscielny comes out to intercept the pass, probably should have cleared it, but that isn't really the Arsenal way. Um, so he loses possession and then, to make matters worse, slips and falls. Uh, so now 
the break is on. Bellerin is kind of in no man's land. Probably should have been Markin Klukas. Uh, I know you've got more experience playing like a right wing back, right back type of a role when you used to play. So you could probably saw the play and had your <laughs> shaking your head at at uh, Bellerin's indecision. But uh, yeah, so the, the ball lands ends up in Klukas' feet. He's you know he's check comes off his line. I think in my opinion maybe a little little prematurely but I guess when Bellerin is not even marking the guy I guess what else are you going to do and Klukas slides it right right under right right through Peter Cech's legs and into the goal and we're down and it's it all just happened so fast and it didn't look like much until the goal was scored um and it's just it's just frustrating you know um our defense just we, we've got a lot of veteran defenders I would say uh especially in the in their center backs and I would think that they would be able to look more organized and do better. And then, you know, and then something like this happens and you're just left scratching your head like, what is what is going on? No, yeah, uh, I completely agree. Uh, this was a typical Arsenal start, I think, where we get excited after a very good game against Everton. And then you kind of hope for the best. And quickly, we are pissed off. I know Twitter was reacting very negatively uh, about the start. Um, and then... It seems like typical Arsenal, after they're down a goal now, it's like their new way of playing where they kind of react after going down a goal, um, which again, against a team like Swansea, you have a chance. Against a team like Everton, you have a chance. Against a team like Norwich, you have a chance. Uh, we'll later on talk about Manchester City. Uh, going down a goal against them is probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, but again, we were down 1-0. to zero. The game continued. Fabianski, uh, the ex-Arsenal goalie who's now starting for Swansea, he had a really good game. At least in the first half, he was stopping everything that we're sending his way. Um, Alexis Sanchez had a good play with uh, Kolasinic, a little give and go, which created a nice little um, save from Fabianski. Uh, and then later on, the point that you brought up, the aging defense, we had Mertesacker. I have no idea what he was doing. You think, you know, a guy with so much experience would do better, but he uh, is caught on the ball with uh, AU adding pressure, and I don't even know how we didn't get this scored on. Uh, AU uh, shoots it, or check uh, blocks it. I do agree with you that our defense, especially in that goal and in this play, those are our two veteran defenders creating very childish mistakes, very amateur mistakes um, with Koscielny and... Uh, and Mertesacker, but then the play continued, and what, what did you see going on through the first half? Did you see some kind of wake-up call with um, Arsenal's offense, uh, and at least, or with, with the defense? How, what did you think? Well, um, the Mertesacker mistake was right before halftime, and I, I thought that we would be able to get back in the game. I was looking forward to it, and then, and then Mertesacker fumbles the ball. You're right. We were very fortunate that Swansea didn't score there and any optimism I might have had was immediately you know kind of thrown away thinking wait we might I mean I'm over here thinking yeah let's go chase this game let's go get us another goal and immediately after that murder sacker mistake you're thinking oh man like we could easily be down and we obviously should be down two goals so I guess you can say we were fortunate to go into halftime just down one goal mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what Wenger told the guys it, it, you know, in the in the dressing room at halftime, but 
the guys certainly came out and were uh, pretty fired up and ready to go. Oh, for sure. So 51 minutes uh, in the game. So six minutes after this, uh, the the halftime, Arsenal uh, come with the goal. And it was honestly, I, I would like to give a lot of credit to Lacassette and his um, his kind of you know strength and his, his will to just kind of break through the defense there. And rather than going for a shot, he decided to pass it in. There was a, f a couple of deflections there. Um, and Kolasinic just rips a shot into the goal. This is also kind of a typical goal, I think, when you would you say with Arsenal, where it seems like we our, our forwards try to find a, a way to uh, to finish the finish the play, and then some pinball happens, and then it's a defender, either Nacho Monreal or in this situation Kolasinic, who just rips it into the goal. How did you feel then once they scored this goal? Did you feel like the confidence, the momentum was kind of uh, kind of going our way now? Uh, yeah, I was ecstatic. I, I felt that once we got the game back level that we would have a great chance to eventually win the game because I, I thought that with Swansea being up a goal and on the road I thought there was a chance they were just gonna you know park the bus as it were um and just kind of like have everybody sit back and like let Arsenal try to break them down with their short passes you know we see a lot of lower level Premier League clubs try that if you can get a goal on Arsenal then you can just pack it all in and and uh you know, and just let them, you know, try to ping pong their way through your defense. Uh, so, so to get the goal, especially right right after halftime, meant that we had essentially 40 minutes to try to get the goal that would eventually get us the game. So, after the goal was scored, I was immediately confident. Honestly, I was like confident even before the goal was scored. When I saw Kalashnikov running up on that ball, I just knew like there's just. That dude's got a sledgehammer for a left foot. I just knew that he was going to blast that ball, and there was no way, unless unless he actually blasted it over the bar, I didn't think there was any way that Fabianzi was going to stop it. I thought the best-case scenario would be Fabian Fabianzi blocks it, and it would probably just land to another Arsenal player for an easy tap-in, but Glasnach uh, just shoots with so much force that uh, you know Fabianzi got at least one hand to it, maybe two, and it still went into the side netting, so... Uh, honestly, for me, when, when I saw him running up from like 20 yards out to blast that ball, I knew it was going in. Well, then you go from uh, the Kolasinic blasting a goal to Ramsey literally passing it into the goal. Uh, seven minutes later, a great play from Shaka, uh, crossing it over and uh, doing a, uh, a hockey assist, a term that I'm trying to get more familiar with the soccer crowds, because um, I feel like that's something that's important. Because Shaka, uh, we have all been critical of his play, but he sends a nice pass over to Kolasinic, who's all by himself. Kolasinic does this a beautiful chest, stops it, and then just passes it back towards Ramsey. Ramsey just slots it right into the goal. Fabianski gets a foot on it, but not enough. Uh, so I agree with you. Uh, after that first goal, it was all Arsenal. Uh, so now the momentum definitely switched to our side. Um, it's two to one. Arsenal's looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? That Shaka pass, the Kolasinic stop, and then the Ramsey finish. Uh, it was yeah, beautiful Arsenal football. Um, Shaka does what he does best: the long diagonal balls, and he places it uh, over the defense, right where Kolasinic can get it pretty easily. Um, now Swansea are all sorts of out of position. I think Xhaka had three defenders running at him as he passed that ball. So now you've got three Swansea defenders that are no longer in the play. You've got uh, Kalashnach, who himself draws two defenders. And he just slides it right over to Ramsey, who calmly places it near side. Um, Fabianski, I think uh, I saw a lot of people saying that Fabianski might have 
could have done better on this. But honestly, he was probably running up and down that line from the side that Xhaka had crossed it to. Fabianski probably goes full sprint to the opposite um, post. And then Kolasinac, you know, basically crosses it back into the middle of the box. So Fabianski, again, is running off of that post to maybe a more central position. I mean, you know, so the guy was basically – I'd imagine he looked like a tennis player on his heels, just going back and forth, doing line (laughs) drills. Um, So when Ramsey finally does, like you say, pass it into the corner, uh, Fabianski just doesn't even know what – year he's in at that point uh so he was lucky to even get a toe on it no yeah um that was definitely a uh that's the kind of arsenal play that we want to see um and then afterwards uh we are expecting to see lacassette play a full 90 minutes it's the 81st minute we're excited and then guess who comes in for lacassette Olivier Giroud. Oh, man. Uh, do you ever think, this is, this is the most important question, everybody wants to hear your answer, do you ever think that Lacazette is going to play a full 90 minutes ever uh, uh, this I mean, season? Ever? That's a long, <laughs> no, he's not, he's not ever going to play 90 ever. So, sorry, Lacazette, uh, we signed sorry, you to man. be a 75, 80-minute player, <laughs> and uh, so I guess you probably should have read the fine print on your contract. That's yeah, no, contract exactly. signing 101. Do you, do you think he's going back to it? He's just like, what's going on here? And then, yeah, fine print. Wenger's like, I'm only going to play you for 70 to 80 minutes per game. Uh, but, yeah, no. So that's a great – it was a, it was a great, uh, great game. Do you think that we can start looking at the standings, or is it still too soon? No, I think, uh, you know, around now – I was going to wait till after the City game. But, yeah, like I think around now you can start looking to the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, the season is essentially uh, a quarter of the way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – any early season jitters that teams would have had or any early season, you know, sometimes these um, mid-table teams really start out hot and, and then mm-hmm. they take, you know, they, they essentially will just kind of settle themselves into where they normally go. So I think right around now we can start looking at the standings. I believe at the end of this game, we were in fourth. Uh, and I think we're, we're now, currently what, in fifth. T- yeah, we're like t- tied for fourth with Chelsea, but they yeah. got what more goals for or something. I don't know, but it's a little early yeah. to look at the tiebreaker scenarios, but yeah, we're right where we belong. We're on the cusp of fourth. So no, yeah, uh, uh, it's nice I, to see I, that. I mean, we've played against out of the top six teams. Actually, if you want to say the top seven teams, uh, we've played against Watford who are in seventh. We've also played against Liverpool and we played against Chelsea. Uh, we haven't, we haven't played against Manchester United yet and we haven't played against Man City and Tottenham. And those are the three top teams, uh, City, United, and Tottenham. Uh, the next game we have is City. Well, again, we'll go. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But okay, before we go into the City game, though, we're going to talk about the Norwich game because uh, there was some interesting things going on there. There was a kid uh, that got a few a few minutes towards the end. How long did it take him to score? Well, first off, can you tell me what his name is? Because uh, I suck at saying his name. What's Eddie his name? Kedia. <laughs> Eddie and Kedia. Eddie and Kedia. I'm just going to call him Eddie, all right? I'm going yeah. to have a first name <laughs> basis. Um, so how long did it take him to score a goal? 15 seconds. <laughs> 15 seconds. If you, I think if you I knew joked that, on Twitter that it was about 30 seconds because I didn't even yeah. know. It's like the guy like jogs onto the pitch, and I think it was right before a corner and ends up scoring. Yep. It's like, what? Well, if you um, knew that all of our problems were relying on my friend Eddie over here, uh, you know, when you're down, you just put him in and you now expect him to score 15 seconds. Yeah, that might be heaping a little bit too much on him. But, That's you know, leave it up to Arsenal Twitter to, to <laughs> anoint him the second coming of of Messi or Ronaldo. I mean, like everybody was it was kind of hilarious. 
where yeah. the tweets and I know it's all sarcasm, but the tweets were, you know, oh, it's a good thing Wenger didn't sign Mbappe because we've got Enkedia. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I bet you PSG is already waiting to uh, sign this kid for like 300 million euros. So, hey, man, yeah, if, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get money out of him. But also in that game, there was also uh, some defensive woes, which seems like it's our uh, constant problem. Uh, we did have a goalie who was playing his first game, uh, Macy. He's a 23 year old kid. You know, he was, I mean, when you have Czech as your starting goalie, Ospina as your backup goalie, it's kind of hard to break through. Ospina was dealing with an injury, though, so Macy started. Uh, but poor guy had the probably worst defense to start with, uh, especially with um, Elneny playing at center back, which I still don't understand why Wenger thinks it's a good idea, and he proved it again because uh, Norwich's goal was a very bad positioning by Elneny. He was too far up. It reminded me of the way David Luiz plays defense for Chelsea, where just goes too far up and leaves a hole in the defense. And then he had Debucci, who's had probably one of the saddest careers in all of soccer because he was playing reserve soccer for about a year and a half and holding on the other side again i know norwich isn't a big threat uh we did end up beating them we go on to the next round um but yeah i mean tell me a little bit about what you thought about you know the team overall in that game uh against norwich yeah for sure inexperienced defense and a very young keeper um i, th- I some people were pretty positive on macy i, I thought I, I for me it felt like mixed bag and I would probably prefer to see Ospina back there in the future. Um I actually thought Debushi played pretty well. I don't remember anything in particular that stands out, but I just remember my general feeling like at halftime and thinking, yeah, you know what? Debushi's actually not that bad considering how much time he's not played for us. Um again, I went into it with extremely low Expectations. So I'm not saying I want to see him uh, play in the Premier League for us or anything. I'm just all I'm saying is he did not. He wasn't completely terrible. What else? Who else was back there? Oh yeah, El Nani. Oh El Nani. Yeah, he was. I'm not sure what when Wenger is going to end that experiment. I don't think it's working. Um, I mean, maybe they prove me wrong. I don't know. Like in the future, maybe maybe El Nani just needs games under his belt. But um, all I know, if it was me, I'd I would probably be done with that experiment. Uh, yeah, he, his, uh, his positioning certainly leaves a lot to be desired. And, um, he's honestly, he's probably not even that great of a tackler if we're really being honest. Like if he was one-on-one with a defender, I wouldn't even have that much confidence that he was going to for sure win the ball. So what is, and then he's, what's his, what's his role with us then? Yeah, I, I feel like his, well, I mean, he's a, obviously like a, like a midfielder, like maybe like a Xhaka substitute Mm. um but as it pertains to what's his role in that back line i mean like is it really uh just to kind of be like the senior guy back there i mean because you can't you can't possibly expect him to organize a bunch of guys in a position that he never plays um is it just to have one of your defenders be good ish on the ball i mean for a defender he you know el nani would be uh good with the ball at his feet so yeah if you need a guy just to get the ball from your back line to your midfield, then I guess, you know, he could be that guy. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not sure what Wenger's asking of him at this point. Uh, I know they had that, uh, De Silva kid on the bench. I mean, at what point do you just say, okay, forget it. This is a, a meaningless cup competition. El Nenny experiment is not really working. Let's just give De Silva a run of games and see what he's got. I, I don't know. At what point do you just do that? Maybe on the practice field, El Nenny looks better and De Silva looks terrible. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Wenger is seeing things that we can't see. But um, I think it's been, what, two or three games now. El Nenny's been in the back line, and I don't think he's really looked that good in any of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think we can be f- 
sure that El Nenny will not be starting center back against Manchester City. And if he is, then I think Wenger is just laughing at all of us. But I don't yeah, think I we might just turn it that. off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't even turn it on, man. I just see that if I see that now, it's not even not even happening. But um, okay, so we talked about Swansea. We talked a little bit about Norwich going into this Manchester City game. What are what are your expectations? Do you feel the same way you felt going into the Chelsea game uh, earlier on? And do you expect the same kind of result that we got out of Chelsea? Or do you feel like it'll be worse or better? Oh, man, you really put me on the spot here because uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the bringer of negative energy. But yes, yeah. I did feel the same way as I felt going into the Chelsea game, which was supremely confident that we were going to lose that game. Yeah. Um, Am I expecting a similar result? I would say, I, I, I'll say this. This is about as positive as I could be, I think, on this. Um, I think that the Chelsea game showed that if everybody gets on the same page and gets focused, we can look organized on defense, and it will take that sort of organization to keep out um, a city handful of goals, basically, I'll say. I, I don't think we're going to hold them to one goal or a clean sheet I think they're gonna get two goals um, now I, I will say I think that their defense can let in goals and so I do like our attacking our attacking options up front um, so I, I, overall I would say I don't expect to win the game I'd be extremely happy with a draw so mm -hmm. uh, that's about as positive as I could be. I mean, we're on the road. If it was at, if it was at the Emirates, given our current record of games at the Emirates, I would feel a little more confident, but mm -hmm. on the road and the way our defense is just in shambles at the moment, it's hard to feel really confident about it. How, how are you, how do you see the games shaping up? I was totally going to hope that I was just going to ignore having to answer that question and just go on to my <laughs> next thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound one of those fans that completely forget about, you know, the Chelsea game and how we felt about going into that game. But I feel like there's a bigger sample size with Manchester City this season and just seeing I think they scored what like 32 goals or 35 goals in what 10 games or something like that. And they've barely I mean, they did have they did struggle a little bit uh, their last game uh, against was it West Bromwich. Um, I should check that up before I even start. Yeah, talking. it was. But um, yeah, so they did struggle and maybe that's a you know that's that's video that uh arsenal is looking at over and over again see how west bromwich kind of shut them down but you're right they're playing in the, in the etihad um it's it's gonna be a tough game uh again with our defensive problems i completely agree with you if mustafi didn't play against swansea uh it's kind of harsh to throw him in after you know having a few weeks off um the Manchester City game is going to be a tough game, um, and it's at 6.15 in the morning, so if it ends up terribly, our Sundays are just wasted already. Uh, that's, those are the times where I wish that we, the games were later uh, during, like for us, um, or we can just have a really long Saturday night and just not even go to sleep, so then we go to sleep after the game. I'm trying to, I'm trying to plan my day already. Um, yeah, I think that might be the move, because uh, I, yeah. I think if you did that, you'd be drunk. Uh, you'd probably be yeah. beginning of your hangover by the time. Yeah. The uh, city game starts, and by the time it's over, you could just go right to sleep. I think so. I think I think uh, I think bedtime will probably be around 8:30 in the morning, Sunday morning. Uh, I think I, I I have to start planning my days accordingly, so I'm ready for that uh, that game. But no, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. Um, I mean, let's I know say there's this. people. Let's, let's say this yeah. against. So against Chelsea, if we remember how negative we were going into Chelsea. Yes. Uh, 
You more yeah, than we me. Were, we were pretty negative. negative going into the. Ch- <laughs> yeah, I was. We were pretty down in the dumps. Yeah, and we, you know we put a wager on there because we were. I was pretty sure that there was no way Jacques and Ramsey were gonna at least put in a decent performance, and I think it is gonna take one of those performances against uh, yeah. against City because as shambolic as our defense has been, if those two guys can focus on their defensive duties first, especially yeah. Ramsey. Stay back, stay in the midfield. Don't don't wander all the way forward into the box, the uh, you know the uh, the opposing box. Mm-hmm. Um, th- then I think we have a chance. So, you know, if we come out of that game with a draw, I will happily pound a beer on our next podcast. I would be right. ecstatic. All right, all right. Then that is that's the wager. Uh, Shotgun Ramsey, they hurt us the last time. So maybe this is what we should be doing every big game: is having them know that. Steve, although he does, he doesn't, he doesn't like drinking beer, so don't do this to him, you know, uh, or actually, no, would it be making drink? I don't know. Let's just hope he's drinking a beer. Let's hope he's pounding a beer. Uh, Ramsey and Shaka, get it together. Ramsey, uh, I know Ramsey's been doing good offensively, but I completely agree with you because if he leaves Shaka alone in the, uh, in, the mid, mid, uh, in the midfield and our defense is already having issues, God, Man City's, Man City, it's not only Man City's forwards, because Aguero is insane, um, uh, Gabriel Jesus is insane, but also De Bruyne is killing it, uh, Fernandinho shoots it from anywhere and scores amazing goals, I feel like every week now, um, Sterling, if he gets some time, Sané, they got an amazing amount of players up front, uh, but they also do have some defensive issues, um, uh, it's funny because uh, one defender that I do know very much from seeing him play on the international level is Nicolas Otamendi. He's Argentinian. And he is not my favorite defender for Argentina. So maybe they should watch him play for Argentina and realize that he also has um, a few issues uh, in defense. Uh, but again, when he's on top of his game, he's, he, does, he does a real well job. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it definitely, it's, it's, it's up to our midfield again being organized, realizing that this isn't a game like against Swansea or Everton where you can go down one and change it and turn it around. Because if we go down one early against Man City in the Etihad, it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think so, uh, a couple of interesting things for some of our listeners to watch going forward into that City game. There's a couple of things I'm going to be watching. Uh, you're right about their attacking trio uh, being one of the best in the league. And I think our attacking trio, you think they'll be extra motivated to kind of prove that, look, we're on these guys' level, like Alexis Sanchez, Mazzarozzo, Lacazette. I mean, those guys should, in their minds, be thinking of themselves as good as any attacking trio in the exactly. league. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they come out for it. And then yeah. uh, one guy I always find interesting is, is Kevin De Bruyne, because he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when people get upset at how much Ramsey wanders all over the field, it's like, does anybody get upset at how much Kevin De Bruyne wanders all over the field? <laughs> you know, it's like, they well, play, not, a, not that they play a similar position, but the way that they are just, you can say that they're slacking off on their defensive duties because De Bruyne pops up in, in, in the box for City and the same way Ramsey does. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see when De Bruyne makes his runs way forward, how does their midfield compensate? Is it something yeah. our midfield is doing or not doing? Or 
Is that one of the reasons why Manchester City is known for having a defense that just gives up a lot of goals is because De Bruyne is one of their midfielders and he somehow pops up on the left wing. He somehow pops up on the right wing in the middle of the box. And so it's kind of hard to be sound defensively when you have one of those players who has a green light to go wherever he wants, like yeah. Ramsey does. And so I think when you're an Arsenal fan, it's easy to look at your guy and always complain like, oh, Ramsey messes it up and he messes that up. But everybody loves to say Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best midfielders in the league and he's doing the same thing. Uh, obviously, he's a little more effective on the offensive end than Ramsey is. But yeah. I think you look at their style of play and what they do. Uh, so I'm going to be watching to see how does Manchester City compensate for when De Bruyne wanders all over the place and compare it to how Arsenal compensates when Ramsey does pretty much well, the same honestly, thing. Honestly, I mean, I agree that on paper, our trio of attack is level with the attack, the forwards that Manchester City have. But the thing is, is that De Bruyne, he can do whatever he wants because he has players like Fernandinho behind him. He has players. I mean, David Silva also plays uh, in midfield and he's a, he's still killing it for uh, Manchester City, whereas Arsenal don't have that. And that's the problem is that we have Shaka and Shaka doesn't do he doesn't control the game as much as Fernandinho, Fernandinho does. Um, and oh, they also have Bernardo Silva, who's another Brazilian who's doing real good for uh, for Manchester City in their midfield. They they have options, and that's kind of you know what creates a great player like De Bruyne is is having backup like De Bruyne does. Uh, Ramsey unfortunately doesn't have that kind of backup, uh, but it will be up to Arsenal to figure out you know if De Bruyne's out of place, find a hole. And that's kind of what the other teams did when Ramsey was out of place. That's what Liverpool did to us. Uh, you know, whenever there's a hole, find it. And that's going to be Arsenal's game plan is find those holes. And, you know, if Alexis Sanchez wants to play for Manchester City, he needs to prove that he's good to play for Manchester City. If that's the, if that's the rumor that he wants to go, uh, go with. So if he does a great job, and hopefully, you know, he does do a great job, we can worry about Alexis Sanchez again in the summer. But hopefully he has a great game and he cuts through. I mean, that, that pass that he did for, I forget, you, you got to remind me who scored the goal where he had that one touch pass and sent it over to um, Ozil against Everton. I think he, and then Ozil yeah. uh, passed it over to Lacassette. Those are the yeah. kinds of plays that we need Alexis Sanchez to do. It's those, that's the level that he's in. He needs to show that he's in that level. Um, and again, I mean, we'll see, we'll see if, you know, the Alexis Sanchez that we all want shows up today uh, in that game against Manchester City. And if he does, uh, I mean, our defense isn't going to save us. So it's probably going to be a high scoring game if, um, if, if our offense is clicking. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the game against uh, Everton we uh, was an Ozil, like, just best game of the season. It's going to take one of those performances yeah. from him again for us to have a chance. And, and one of the things we did really well in that game was our counterattack. So that's, I think that's going to be our way forward against Man City, mm -hmm. uh, breaking off of their attack and trying to counter. And how quickly can we break out and get numbers on them and yeah. hopefully punish them? So, uh, you know... At, while I'm not expecting a win, there's a lot of good things to watch for in this game, and yeah. there'll be a lot to discuss. And uh, and also, if they get a draw, or shoot, okay, if they get a draw, I'll, I'll pound a beer. If they get a yeah. win, oh my goodness. Should You're I pound drunk two all Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, yeah, sure, I'll take it, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, that sounds, sounds fair. <laughs> No, okay. So before we uh, wrap up this uh, this podcast, there are actually some interesting anniversaries that uh, I kind of wanted to go over, uh, if that's okay with you. First off, yeah. um, 
It's my favorite player uh, from Arsenal uh, back when I started watching Arsenal uh, in 2001, 2002. Um, Robert Pires, it was his 44th birthday. Uh, I want to say happy birthday to him. Uh, we're a day late, but happy birthday. Um, and then uh, Ramsey had his 50th goal with us, which is incredible. Um, and that, sh again, shows that offensively he's he's been doing real well. I know he had a season of three or four years ago where he was scoring. He was like our top goal scorer, at least for a part of the season. Uh, so congratulations to him. But also there was two interesting anniversaries um, of two important games that we had. Uh, there was uh, six years ago against Chelsea. I think the game was like five to three. It was a crazy game at Stamford Bridge. But I think it's very relevant to this game against Manchester City where Arsenal just showed that grit that they need to show against Manchester City. Playing away to, this is the Chelsea team that won the Champions League that year. Um, this was, you know, them in their heyday. They're still obviously a good team. But we continued to show to show up and that's what our offense needs to do this time is to show up um, against Manchester City and then there was another game which was against lesser opposition but it is a very dear game to all of us is their comeback from 4-0 down against Reading and they ended up winning that game like 7-5 to uh, Walcott was killing it for for us that, that was five years ago um, for the League Cup so those are two games that I guess we can kind of look back at and show that we do have a grit and we do have that edge that makes us arsenal that makes us have be such a historical team um and yeah that you know looking forward we can look back at these games and just kind of hope that we can keep on uh moving up to the right direction yeah also another anniversary was uh arson wenger managed his 800th game on oh, saturday wow. so yeah that was uh that's a huge Huge milestone. Huge. Uh, I've got to double check today. how far behind he is for Alex Ferguson. I want to say something like 15 games behind. He's like, I think, I think he's like, yeah, 10 or 15 games behind. I think yeah, I he's I not that. far. I, I got to double check the exact number, but he's not far. So we'll 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 post that on Twitter. But well, uh, yeah, we know that we know that he's going to stick around at least for 10 more games. So he'll probably <laughs> pass uh, Ferguson's uh, record. Yeah, I'm sure after this, well, let's not even talk about what's happening at the end of this two-year contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of negativity. negativity. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll take this one game at a time. Yeah, um, yeah. But first, you know what? Let's, let's beat Red Star, right? Let's keep yeah. this positive thing rolling. Um, exactly. We've got, uh, is, it, is, it in, is it at the Emirates? It is at the Emirates, yeah, because we beat them uh, in, in Belgrade. Uh, so we've ago. got, we're currently sitting on a 13 game win streak home home games wise yep which yep. means for those of you guys at home keeping score arsenal well since we started this podcast arsenal hasn't lost a home game so i mean exactly that's pretty good so i think i think that's that's because of us yeah i mean i think i'm pretty sure they listen to our podcast in their pre-match warm-up so um, i think so you can thank us for firing the guys up <laughs> hopefully they keep it up uh red star belgrade uh, again that's a game that I think we were kind of expecting a totally under 23s team to be showing up there in Belgrade, especially with the Man City game coming up. But um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I guess we'll conclude this podcast uh, with some good vibes here, thinking about those previous games, those records uh, that were also broken. And we'll see you next week, hopefully with uh, some more good news. Uh, thank you for listening. And for Stephen Uwaldi and Monty Rossetti, have a very nice day.